Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1041 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Honey. She is the mother of two children. Her youngest has type 1 diabetes. Honey and her husband live on a family farm in Washington State, we talk a lot about what it's like to live there, work there, and raise animals. Her son Vinny is using a T-Slim and Dexcom. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. How would you like to save 40% on everything that's available at CozyEarth.com? You can. You go there, you put your stuff in the cart, and use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% off of your entire order. Save 10% off your first month of therapy at BetterHelp.com forward slash JUICEBOX. And of course, the Diabetes Pro Tip series has been remastered and is available in your audio app right now between episode 1000 and 1026. Do not miss it. Diabetesprotip.com if you don't want to listen in an app. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by AG1. That's right. I drink AG1 every morning and you could as well. Drinkag1.com forward slash juicebox. When you use my link, you will get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your first order at drinkag1.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Are you looking for an Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash? They're both there at that link. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Get started today, learn more, and check into that free test drive. Links to Omnipod AG1, and all of the sponsors are in the show notes of the audio app you're listening in now. They're also available at juiceboxpodcast.com. Hi, Scott. Uh, Thanks so much for having us on today. Um, My name is Honey, and I own um, a farm up in northeastern Washington, and I am the mom of a type one who is a six-year-old little kindergartner. And we are just thrilled to be on your um, show today talking about diabetes and being bold with insulin. Cool. All right. So six-year-old daughter, son? Son. Son. Yep. How old was he when he was diagnosed? So he was almost five. He was four at the time. And a little background on me, I'm actually a school nurse. And so I had this inkling in the back of my head that something was wrong, something was going on. And he, um, you know, had all the classic signs and symptoms and my husband's also a fireman. So we have this kind of medical background, but it was kind of fluky the year that he was diagnosed. We, um, had this incredible drought happening. The weather was the hottest we've seen it. We had no rain for months and which is not typical of Washington. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with the Northwest and we just thought something's wrong and, um, Anyways, we got him in and uh, it was actually the first day of school. So my first day back at work and the docs here in our local little clinic said, let's, uh, let's do some blood work. 
I think you're on to something. I think you're right. And I said, just do me a solid and let's poke his finger in the clinic here. And uh, he was 512 and and that was pretty much the, you know, mm. the telltale we're going to the hospital and we know what our life is going to um, look like moving forward from here. And, you know, as a mom, that's scary. As a nurse, it's, you know, like, okay, this is doable. This isn't curable, but there's tools and things out there that we can handle. But I still always revert back to I'm a mom first. And, um, you know, I was like, my baby is now, it's going to be a life changer. So that was in September of 2021. And he turned five in 25 in that year. And then he just turned six. And, um, you know, it hasn't slowed him down one bit, I would say, actually, he's done pretty darn amazing. Yeah. Well, let's find out about it. But before we do, have you ever been concerned or worried that life is the matrix? And that your life was designed by the same guy that wrote the penthouse letters in the eighties. Because here's what I've heard so far. Hi, my name's honey. I'm a nurse. My husband's a fireman and we live on a farm. (laughs) This sounds sounds like the next sentence is going to be on a Friday night. My husband came (laughs) home after putting out a big fire with his big hose. And like, and it's just like, seriously, like, are you serious, honey? (laughs) We are serious. I know. I know. It's this, our whole story to how we got here is it's kind of interesting you know, because my husband and I met through work and it's not like, oh, the nurse and the fireman that met in the ER or anything. We, um, we just met through our jobs. I was working in an adult ICU and, and he was working for the, the local fire station. And, um, we met through coworkers and, um, we've done a lot of cool things together. You know, we've remodeled a couple homes. We've gone from a five acre farm to now 115 acre farm. So you know, but it's something that drives and fuels us outside of, you know, our jobs mm-hmm. as a nurse and a fireman. Wow. So <laughs> have you ever brought him um, cookies but- at the fire station that he took you for a ride in his Camaro? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wish. <laughs> I mean, that would have been so fun. I no. swear to you. Who do you, oh. how old are you? I am 36. Oh, you have no so. context for what I said when I said penthouse yeah. letters then. <laughs> You know what the funny thing is, though, is my husband, he'll listen to this and he'll be like, I know exactly what he is talking about. (laughs) Honey, I'll give you the tiniest overview. Uh, There used to be there used to be nudie magazines in the world. I don't think they exist anymore. And in one of them, they would purport to be printing letters from readers, but they were clearly written by nebbishy, horny guys. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, like it totally would have started out like this. <laughs> I just, oh, that's I, so I just funny. 100% know. I mean, yeah, you can take it for what you want. I mean, let your <laughs> listeners <laughs> have their own imagination. And if they're eighties babies and my husband, like I said, he will listen and he will say, I know exactly what Scott is yeah. talking about. Not, if I wasn't, not even a big deal. <laughs> if I wasn't so lazy, I'd get some like cheesy, like Cinemax music and play it behind the entire episode. Yes. And oh. while we're, t- while you're telling me about things, there would just be like, chick, chick, bow would like just go off in the background. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I love just, it. No, it's good. as you were going through it, I was like, this isn't real. <laughs> yes, it is real. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you, so once he, this is only like a year or so ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're very new to the type one world, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, but I do feel like thankfully with our background, you know, the needles and the insulin and, um, you know, the poking or dealing with, you know, pumps and stuff like that, that didn't really intimidate my husband and Mm -hmm. I, I think the most intimidating thing when we were diagnosed was like, you know, Oh my gosh, this is, this is obviously it's life-changing. Like no matter what you say or do, it's life-changing and being able to, you know, kind of flip the script. And we always tell Vinny, that's our son, um, you know, like, do not let it define you. I know you're six and there's days that you wake up and it's rough or, you know, there's days that you've woke up and, you know, your, your sight's gone bad. And then we have to do this all before school, or you have a bad day at school because you had a low and then you had to miss recess or whatever it ended up being. You know, we don't, we really try and empower him to not let diabetes define him. And, you know, we also have a daughter who's his big sister. And so, there's also that fine line of keeping the balance and the family peace when you're dealing with really a family disease that affects everybody. It just doesn't affect him. It affects everybody no, in the family. For sure. for sure. How old's your daughter? She's nine. Okay. So, and you know, I will say she has done incredibly well. You know, she was obviously super worried when he was diagnosed and there, there's a lot of times where she is, she's like the second mom. She's really helpful. I mean, but there also are times where she's like, this is unfair because Vinny gets so much more attention, you know, in certain moments. And I'm like, I get it. It's not fair. Does she actually come to you with that? Yeah. She'll say, you know, like, it's not fair. Like Vinny got this or that or got to do, had an extra piece of candy because he was going low. <laughs> and so <laughs> we try and balance that pretty well. And, you know, if he gets something to treat a low, then we try and give her something to treat a low. But again, we're at the same time, pretty health conscious about things as well. And she'll, she will even say to us, well, I'm okay. I don't need a piece of candy because I want to try and be on the healthy, healthier side of things today. So, you know, it's just one of those things I think you deal with as a family managing type one. Yeah. So when this happens, obviously you were able to see, yeah. it, see it quickly, but did you expect it? Is there like, do you have, do you have any autoimmune issues or your husband or your family? Drink ag1.com forward slash juice box. I heard words very similar to that on a different podcast a couple of years ago. And then I started drinking ag1 today. You're hearing about it on my podcast. It's uh, what do they call that? Meta circle of life. Who knows? Today, I get my foundational nutritional supplements from drinking AG1. I feel better when I drink AG1, and I do it every day. I can remember back to before I had AG1, and things just weren't the same. AG1 is a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food-sourced nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category and helping you to build a healthy foundation. Drink ag1.com forward slash juice box. When you use my link, you're also going to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your first order of AG1. AG1 helps to provide sustainable energy, improved digestion, and mental clarity. It's easy to mix, great to drink, easy to clean up. It will take you just a couple of moments at the beginning of your day. I mix mine with some cool water, 
knock it right back, and I'm on my way. DrinkAG1.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click on those links, you're supporting the production of the podcast. No, we neither of us do. And no, we didn't expect it. I said to my husband, I can remember vividly texting him because he was diagnosed like the end of August. So it was August 31st. And I think I remember looking back at my text messages and I had texted him like the very beginning of August and said, I think Vinny has diabetes. And he was like, okay, well, you know, we'll get him in and we'll get him looked at, which of course we did. And then of course, being a nurse and, and in my background, you know, I went from adult ICU to working as a peds nurse on a cardiac and transplant for, I would float to the cancer care unit. And so I had seen those kids with different leukemias and stuff. And so in the back of my mind, I thought, well, it's diabetes or it's cancer. Mm. And I was like, neither one is anything that we would choose, you know, for anybody. But we, we ended up with him being a type one. And I was just glad that we had answers. Yeah, Like, you know, at that point I was like, okay, we have answers. Now we know what's going, going on because he just wasn't our boy. He was irritable. You know, he always felt like he had a stomach ache and um, he had, he had lost weight. And that was like, my big trigger was like, man, he is just, he's not putting on weight for a little like four-year-old. He should be like thriving and mm. he's doing the opposite. Was it difficult too, because he was four, like communicating with him, like very clearly about how he felt or yes. That, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was. He would sit at the dinner table and I remember too, like there'd be times where we'd cook salmon and he'd be like, you know, having a fit over salmon, which I'm like, okay, I get it. You're four. Like that's not everybody's favorite meal. And then he would just cry and cry and cry and cry. And we couldn't console him. And, and he would just seem so overly tired. I thought, this is really weird. You're not like this. Normally you like fish or salmon or whatever we put on the table. He's not our picky eater. Our nine-year-old is actually our picky eater. Yeah. I, I figured that out when she was complaining about not getting an extra piece of candy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it was just really eye opening. And, you know, at four, it just took a lot. It took a lot more time getting down on his level, explaining to him, you know, there's nothing that you did wrong. There's nothing mom or dad did wrong. This just happened. Mm-hmm. And we tell him this still now. We tell him there is some reason. I'm not firm believer of like everything happens for a reason, but I'm like, there's some reason that this happened. There is some reason that you were diagnosed, whether you end up being a doctor or you end up going into a medical profession or, you know, you end up running a podcast like Scott, you do something like that. There's a, there's a reason, you know, that this has happened and we don't know why yet, but we will in the future. And so we try and kind of, you know, hone that into him on a daily basis. Like, do you think it's comforting for him? I think so, you know, and he's so good about like he's at school and granted I'm one of his school nurses. So I actually don't work in the elementary school. I work in the middle school and so I don't get to see him on a daily basis, but he will tell his, his friends, you know, like, well, I have diabetes. So this is why I have to have this. And we've gone into the classrooms and said, you know, this is why Vinny carries a phone on him. And this is why he will have sugar when you guys don't get to have sugar and, you know, try and make it really versus something that he's hiding and ashamed of. We try and be pretty open about it because it's not something that you can really avoid. 
you know, based on the pump that he wears and the fact that he carries like a little fanny pack around with like snacks for Lowe's and his phone in it because he's a kindergartner. And I'm like, I can't imagine a kindergartner carrying a phone around or other kindergartners care understanding why another kindergartner is carrying a phone around. Hmm. Well, and so, and we, and we chose to go that route just because we wanted to be able to either talk to somebody quickly while we weren't there, you know, or when he's able to, he can, you know, text us. He's not quite there yet, but he'll get there eventually. Hey, Arden had an iPhone in kindergarten back when, when iPhones just came out and we were, the scourge of the town for doing that. <laughs> I still feel like that. Yeah. I I feel like when people see us out, I'm like, do I need to explain myself? No, I'm not going to explain myself. They can make a pre-assorted judgment on me if they want. But at the end of the day, this is what he needs. And if somebody wants to, you know, be a kind human and ask versus just judge, I'm open. Oh, oh I'm telling our story. I am certain <laughs> that people looked at us and were like, oh, there's the assholes that bought their kid on iphone yes yes causing, and that's how i feel <laughs> yeah causing us to be bothered by our children because they want an iphone and uh exactly listen whatever i we one time we were in a 504 meeting and oh yeah and a nurse said like or a teacher she goes well arden can't bring her iphone into the room because then all the kids will want one i was like tell them just to get an incurable disease and they can have one <laughs> that's that's a, yeah, yeah sure perfect. If that, i mean if they need it that bad I don't know how to make yep. diabetes happen, but they should go concentrate on it and see what they can do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. you know, right now I need you to either make a reference about driving or slapping Chris Rock so I can call this episode, <laughs> honey, honey, come ride. So <laughs> can, can you work one of those things in while we're talking? please? <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll try and work it. Well, you know, well, speaking of the farm. The kids, I mean, that was kind of our biggest thing when Vinny was diagnosed. My husband looked at me in the hospital and he said, Pickles. I bet you that's not what he said, but we'll find out in a second. My daughter has been wearing an Omnipod every day since she was four years old. Today, she is 19 years old and a sophomore in college. She's wearing an Omnipod right now. She wore one last week and she'll wear one tomorrow. It is a complete and utter friend in this trip with diabetes. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You can get the Omnipod Dash or the Omnipod 5 at my link. Omnipod Dash is a regular pod, tubeless and lovely. You can swim with it, bathe with it, jump in a lake, go play soccer, doesn't matter. No tubing, never have to take it off to do your activities. And it's all uh, what you would consider like an OG insulin pump, right? You set your basal insulin up, you make your own decisions. It's a beautiful delivery system for insulin. Now, the Omnipod 5 is an algorithm-based pod, and it works with the Dexcom G6. Omnipod 5 is going to make insulin decisions for you. You still put in your carbs and tell it what you're eating, but if it sees your blood sugar going up, it tries to stop it. If it sees your blood sugar going down, it takes insulin away and tries to stop that as well. It doesn't matter if you choose the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash. Omnipod is going to simplify your life with its tubeless insulin pump. Omnipod 5 has the smart adjust technology. Go to my link and read more about it. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You don't have to take the Omnipod off for anything. I mentioned it earlier, but anything involving water, bathing, swimming, anything involving activity where you most likely would take off a tube pump, 
you don't have to do that with Omnipod. And I'll tell you what, that's really important because your blood sugar can rise up to like one point per minute if you take your pump off. You don't want that. You want good, consistent insulin delivery. Head over now, check out your coverage, find out your estimated copay, or check that other button out. I'd like a free trial of Omnipod, please. It's all there on my link, omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You can wear the same exact insulin pump that my daughter's been wearing for 15 years. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Do we need to give up the farm? You know, we'd been doing this for two years plus already. We have, you know, draft horses and we have Scottish Highland cattle. So we have those big fluffy horned cows. We have goats. We have chickens. uh, We have barn cats. We have all the things. And that's a lot to manage on top of, you know, just being a mom, being a dad, having a full-time job outside of the home. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is, you know what? Again, not coming back to everything happens for a reason. I'm like, absolutely not. Everything that we're doing here will help Vinny in the future because guess what you don't have to dose for? You don't have to dose for protein. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, there is, you know, I I get that some people aren't protein fans. We are a, a protein at kind of every meal fam. And we you know, sat down in the hospital and said, no, this is super duper important. This is what we need to be doing. This is how we need to raise the kids and kind of sharing our story in a different light for hopefully, you know, people who don't have the knowledge of type one, because that's a whole nother story of, you know, oh, you have type one, he'll, he'll grow out of it. And then, or you have diabetes. They don't know the yeah, difference they between type one or type all. two. Or, ju- yeah. or they think juvenile means that it only exists while you're a child. That's, exactly. It's a popular exactly. word. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, he'll grow out of it or whatever. But no, this is this is something that we're really trying to to work on and build so that the kids can potentially take the farm over one day. And for us, you know, knowing exactly kind of where our food comes from, we, on top of, you know, raising all these animals, we also have three ginormous gardens. We have a 24 by 48 hoop house where we raise all of our tomatoes and our peppers. And and thankfully, he's not our picky eater. And he is super helpful on the farm. He and his sister will drive out in our um, our little RTV and go get eggs for us. And they'll go check on the cows. And, you know, mm. I think that we had some reservations initially when you know, when he was diagnosed thinking, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to do this? Thankfully, my knowledge as a, as a school nurse and my background as a school nurse to that point, because I've only been a school nurse for three years now. I was like, well, there's really great tools out there that we can use and, and that will help us monitor him, especially when he's away from us. And, and we just make sure when the kids are out, you know, rolling around on the farm, whether they're, you know, running up the hill to check on the pigs or, they're out in our UTV driving around that they are set, you know, that we've got stuff for Lowe's with him pretty much all the time and that he's got some sort of communicated device, whether it's a phone or something on him so that right. when they're, when they're helping us on the farm, that we can still make sure that he's safe. Does he, so, Do you have like glucagon with him when he's out on the farm? Does your daughter know how to help him? Things like that? No, you know what? We don't keep a glucagon in our, our little um, farm rig. And the only reason why is because 
of the temperature, like the temperature control. So we keep stuff like fruit snacks and juice in there. And I'd, he knows when he's getting low, it took a while, you know, that first like six months honeymoon phase that he was in, he would be like 34 and talking to us. And I'm like, Vinny, let's eat right now. And he was fine. Now when he goes low, he can tell us before he's getting below 60. And so that's super helpful. He'll say, I don't feel good. I'm starting to feel low. And so we keep snacks on him. So that way he can dose himself while he's, you know, still being outside and living the life as a kid should on a farm. Mm. You know, we still want him to be a, a true rugged farm kid. Yeah. We refer to that as feeling the fall. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, okay. So I, I guess I want to talk about that for a second. I'm, yeah. ass- I'm assuming you, you're building this big thing, right? By the way, your yeah. life sounds right. Are you also an astronaut, like on the weekends or something? Like, <laughs> why do you guys have so much it. energy? Are you doing a lot really? of Coke or something? How do you have all this no. energy? Seriously. Um, I'm a nurse. Right. I did this. He's a fireman. Right. We have a farm. There's a pig. There's a goat. I'm like, what in the hell? I know. I know. My husband's. My husband's famous quote is like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much, that's pretty much how it goes. We, we are really trying to bite off as much as we can right now while we are young. I'm 36. My husband's going to be 42 this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really are trying to get a lot of things done, not only to set ourselves up for success, but like I said, the kids, you know, we hope to pass this. And on that's to the where kids. my question is, because I'm, I tell Arden, I'm like, you know, you could probably keep the podcast going after like yeah. I'm old and she's like I don't know and I'm like you're good at it and she's like yeah, yeah. maybe and then and, you know <laughs> it's, it's just so I mean I can't wait to I, I won't be around the day you're like you guys wait don't want the farm I killed myself to build <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know right <laughs> oh, 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 wait tell me again what you want <laughs> uh, yes so him working on the farm doing the things he does he doesn't get yeah. low he doesn't get low you know, no, for the most part, he actually like stays pretty even killed. I will say he's out, especially when we're out in the garden, he'll like be snacking on some strawberries mm-hmm. or he'll pull a carrot and snack on a carrot. So he's still, especially when we're outside. So that is kind of a hard bounce. Like, okay, how many strawberries have you eaten from the garden? Cause now I don't know what you've had. And yeah. Let's make a really good guess on what you've had as far as dosing goes. But he's he is pretty good about that. He can, you know, tell us when he's feeling the fall and he'll go back inside if he's not feeling good and he'll just he'll have a snack himself. And thankfully we do this with a lot of our family. We have a ton of family close by. And so if we have to step away from a project or you know, finish doing something early, um, then we can come back inside and make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing okay. He's got what he needs. And then he usually comes back out on the, on the farm with us. Do you, um, do you employ, yeah, pe- do you employ people? We don't, no. uh, we we're still small enough that we don't need to have like full-time employees or anybody working for us, mm-hmm. but it does help that we have our family here as well, because we all kind of like reap the benefits from the farm, right? Like, so we, you know, with our meat, 
And then as far as the vegetables go, my mother-in-law and I do a lot of canning, freeze a lot of our berries, and um, you can freeze a lot of your vegetables too. It just depends on what you're going to use them for, for future use. But Mm -hmm. we try and freeze a lot of that stuff. And the kids get involved and help too. You know, like when we can green beans, they're like the best green bean cutters ever. So I guess I employ my children to a sense. (laughs) I mean, I assumed you had them working. I just wasn't sure about about like, you know, if there were other people there. It just seems like, like, can I look the farm up online or something? Or Yeah, yeah. Because I don't understand. You understand that I don't understand. Like my my dog had to go out before we recorded this and I was pissed that I had to take him out. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So, and, and with that, like our farm, so we follow regenerative agriculture. So I don't know if you've heard that term. Um, it's being thrown around a lot lately, but basically when we bought our land, it was pretty like used and abused, you know, it was sprayed for pesticides, sprayed for weeds. And, um, so with herbicides and stuff, and we, when we bought the farm, we've, not sprayed or done anything. So we're totally chemical free here. Mm -hmm. And we actually use our cows and our animals to help regenerate the soil and, you know, grow healthier grass. We joke around and say, well, we're soil farmers and grass farmers first versus us being, you know, a rancher or, uh, you know, people that sell eggs or stuff like that. You know, we, we really try and focus on healing the land. So basically our cows they're on winter pasture right now and they get hay every day. And um, when they come back out onto pasture, we move them once a day. So think of them in a little square. And then the next day they move to a new square and they don't get to go back to the old little patch of grass that they were on. And it goes like that all year long until they come back to winter pasture. So our cows are on fresh grass every single day. And um, it is a lot of work and we've in the years that we've been doing this, we've learned a lot of things and the kids are right there by our side. So if you go look us up on social media, you know, they're in videos where they're helping us pull fences or pull the stakes that hold their fences up or helping us, you know, they'll drive our UTV and help us uh, move the water, move the minerals. Uh, You know, they get our eggs for us. We'll ask them, when we're cooking dinner, hey, can you guys run out to the garden and get a pepper and a head of broccoli? And they'll run out and get what we need for mm. for things. And so they're a big help. And we really try and incorporate them into pretty much everything we do. And and Vinny's right there alongside us, just, you know, plugging yeah. away. So you not, so let me not test, letting things affect him. Let yeah. me test my knowledge of this, right? So yeah. the 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 cows being in one place and then taking off the grass then defecating and then moving on like you're kind of regenerating the ground that way so you keep moving them yep. so that they're doing the work to yep. to bring the soil back to where it needs to be is there there are i have i mean obviously you were right like it's become fashionable to talk about regenerative farming in in some yep. places so i've heard things like some soils only have 60 seasons left and things like that because and then yep. you have to bring in outside like man-made fertilizers just so things will grow in some places because the soil is so dead and you're yep okay and you're trying to stop that from or you're trying to right. bring bring that back from the yep. what you bought i see yep yeah we are trying to stop all of that you know so there are definitely farmlands i think that are you know this is what the, their grandpa's grandpas did and this is just the way they farmed and we are trying to step away from that and 
really heal the soil, like you said, with the use of the animals. So them grazing, them, you know, actually eating the grass and pulling at the grass seeds helps to regenerate the soil down in the roots that that helps, like you said, the defecating, getting their nutrients back into the ground. It's all natural fertilizer. And then we have our chickens follow behind them and then they spread their manure and eat the worms that are in the manure. And it's this whole kind of like circle of life. I was going to say, are you trying not to say circle of life? Cause <laughs> yes, I am. But I'm like, mm, it's going to happen. It happened. <laughs> I was so, I'm like, she's trying not to say circle of life right now, but there are no yeah. other words for it. No, it's not. And, and to put that into like perspective for somebody who's not on a farm and doesn't understand, you know, what, what we talk about when we're talking about re- replacing the carbon and the nitrogen in the ground that's effectively what we're trying to do is basically make healthier soil. Mm -hmm. And we want to see the microorganisms that we know are in the soil come back to life. And in turn, you know, like on a drought season, if there isn't anything for the, um, you know, when there's no soil and there isn't anything for the water to be absorbed into, well, then you don't have grass that grows. And then you're stuck either, you know, irrigating or fertilizing or praying that you're going to have some sort of harvest for hay or, you know, whatever your crop is that year mm-hmm. so that you can feed your animals through winter. And so it, you know, I've, I've, I say it a lot. It's, it's a lot of work, but we absolutely love it. And we wouldn't be farming really any other way. So where does the money come from? Like, okay, like, like seriously, yeah. like we've got, we've canned things, we've grown things, yep. we've raised things. Then, yep. I mean, do you, like, for example, like, let's go through it. Like you've canned the the vegetables, you sell them online, you sell them locally? We don't. That's super hard to do because just of state laws and regulations, especially when you're canning things, you can, people do it. So let me say, let me preface that. People do do it. We do not. You okay. have to go to a special kitchen to do that. And there isn't one close to our house. A food, and for a us, food we're, packer. We're, you would, you'd need to employ a food packer, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. And okay, what about the beef then? How do you do that? So the, the beef, so basically kind of like where you probably buy your beef or your pork from, um, our beef goes to what's a, a USDA butcher. So that's a federal federally inspected butcher. Mm-hmm. And because it's been inspected, we can sell that across state lines. We can sell that throughout the state. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways. If you're purchasing like a full animal, you can either buy a whole or a half or a quarter, or you can just buy cuts, you know, like, hey, I, I want to have a ribeye with my Valentine kind of thing. You can go to local farms and say, do you have cuts available? And if they are more than likely being processed at a USDA butcher, then they can have cuts available for you to purchase. So that's what we do is we have our animals go to butcher, we get cuts back, and then we sell those cuts to people because not everybody's interested in having a whole cow stashed in their freezer. And so we kind of uh, appeal to those customers that say, well, I want just some bacon and I want just a couple steaks and maybe some roasts and XYZ to get us through the week of dinners. Okay, perfect. So that's that's where the money comes from there. Obviously, if you've seen all of the egg memes and all of the egg jokes going around, um, yeah. you know, you know how how expensive and crazy it is to get eggs right now. Um, so eggs are another big thing, but what people don't realize is that eggs or chickens 
decrease their output in the winter because of daylight hours and it's just colder in general and they also molt so they shed all of their feathers to bring in new feathers for the next Mm -hmm. um, year and so there are a lot of different factors that affect why chickens lay and why they don't lay and so like right now we do not advertise that we have eggs and we sell only to a couple like very loyal customers because we don't have enough to supply everybody like we usually do in the summer um so that will change you know but yeah so that's that's basically where the money, you know, comes from. And right. then we also, we sell our live animals as well um, to people that, you know, either want goats to do the same thing like us to help clear brush or to manage their weeds or people that just want cows because Highland cows are really popular. And some people just want them as like a backyard pet Seriously? kind of thing. Seriously. <laughs> yep. There are people that have, Highland cows as just backyard pets. And we don't do that, but there are people out there that that definitely want them just to have a cute fluffy cow in their yard. What, and you know, what? you can have a cow on three acres and and they do fine. <laughs> what what how much does a cow cost me if I want one? <laughs> oh man, I think it depends on there's you know, there's a fluctuating price. You could get them and this is throughout the country, but I've seen them as low as $2,000 and then we have seen them go at auction for up to $40,000. Okay. So how much would it cost me if I had it butchered and I bought it as, as the beef? Yeah. So if you did that, you pay, uh, you pay your farmer, your hang weight. And so basically whatever the farmer sets is their hang weight price. Mm -hmm. So national standards right now is about $5 a pound. And then you would also pay your cut and wrap fees, which can, depending on how you cut and wrap your animal, is typically three hundred, two fifty to three hundred dollars is what you're you're paying. So, if you were going to buy a whole cow, you could guesstimate that you're going to spend about fifteen hundred dollars. That's in beef. Okay, and then maybe another three, four hundred for the cutting and the wrapping. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the animal's basically worth about two grand. I was going to say dead or alive, but. Yes. <laughs> Look at yes. me. I'm getting into an entire cowboy theme because we're speaking. I know. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> also, we're learning so much. <laughs> I've watched Yellowstone recently, so you know. Oh yes, I know. We're we're uh, we're big Yellowstone fans. That's funny. I am fascinated by this because if I'm some yeah. nudnik who puts a cow on their property just to have one, because yeah. uh, that's how yeah. I. That's how. By the way, if you own a cow as a pet, that's how I see you as a nudnik. And, yeah. and but anyway, like, so what is what what does it cost me to feed the thing? And so, yeah, I mean, you have to think about that. That's and that's one of the biggest questions we get. You know, you have to factor in the cost of hay if you live somewhere like us where we had, you know, 13 inches of snow uh, before Christmas, which Mm -hmm. is not normal. So you have to factor in your cost of hay. And granted, we're buying hay and create, we make our own hay. So we're making it on very, very large scales. So we have about 70 tons that we store for the winter. So that's quite a bit. We have a whole building that's dedicated on our property to just storing hay. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's another place where the kids love to go play. They love to play in the hay mow um, mm-hmm. because we have a big, beautiful barn too. And, and um, they love to go play in that. But that is something that you have to factor in. So your guess I'll never, maybe per month is yeah. you're probably going to spend a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks on hay okay. a month. If you had like one cow and there's going to be cow shit everywhere. 
everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you all could right, right. you could you could compost that and you could put that back into your garden to help. Could I, you know, honey? Grow. <laughs> I you you might not now. know me that well, but I don't think I can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, wait a minute. You were annoyed about your dog. I was out, so irritated. He's like, I have to pee. And I'm like, you mother. Okay. I was yeah. like, I got to go make a podcast, but we'll go outside and pee now. Then he then That's he did. Funny. And I'm like, dude, get back in the house. And it's, by the way, yeah. dog's 14 years old. And, and yeah. he knows. And he's looking at me like, ah, I was thinking of walking around. And I'm like, you need to go back in the house. And he starts wandering away from me and ignoring me. And I had to, like, run and jump in front of him. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I yeah. thought I could get away with it. And then he walks in the house. This cow will not, like, attack me. Like, if I go no. up, no. And no. I need three most, acres to most. legally keep a cow on my property? Well, I mean, that depends. If you're in a neighborhood, uh, you know, it just depends on kind of what your what your guys's I guess laws and stuff are depending on where you are because there's some places where you couldn't do this. I'm, <laughs> on, a, I'm on an acre in Jersey and in a, hey. in a residential place I'm thinking I'm gonna throw a cow back there to screw with some people. <laughs> oh that would be so fun. I'm you know what I know that there's some breeders in that area that we should get you one. We're going to find one. For yeah, you. we should. I'm get on a mission a, now. Yeah, we should definitely get me a cow. That's a great idea. Yes. Um, I'm not sure I could take care of the stuffed animal that I saw when, yeah. I, when I Googled Highland cattle. <laughs> <laughs> you could. You could do it. All right. I, I do. Are yeah. these, you did something in the beginning, which I understand, like being in your like line of work in your life where you were like, I know some people yeah. don't like beef, which was like protein, which is a nice way of saying. I'm trying to be respectful that some people think that we're m- murdering animals, yeah. uh, but yeah. I, I'm going to have a steak later today, just so everyone knows. Um, okay, great. But, uh, but um, I'm trying to decide, like, that fluffy thing is edible? They sure are. Really? I mean, and that's, I guess my, my thought is, you know, what's the difference between my, my fluffy cow versus, you know, a black Angus or a red Angus? Yeah, that's what I'm There's... trying to figure out. What am I eating exactly? Right. Yeah, You're yeah, yeah. still eating... You're still, you could be eating a Highland. You just might not know it. You know, if you don't have that connection to your farmer, then you won't know what you're getting essentially at the end of the day. And, <laughs> my and farmer, that's why my farmer honey is Costco. So, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I love, and I love me some Costco um, and they do a great job, but yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the the thing for us is, when my husband's like, well, we gotta, we've got to figure out what we're going to do with the farm. When Vinny was diagnosed, it was like, well, no, this is like very important. And he is, he loves our, you know, product, you know, his, one of his favorite thing and what he requests for dinner is bones. And that is code for pork chops Oh, because he loves to just gnaw on the bone of a pork chop. So for us, it, you know, it's one of those important things where I feel like, yes, there is this amazing life-saving hormone that we have to give our kid multiple times a day and that we think about all the time. But then there's moments where, okay, you're just eating protein and I don't have to think about it for a minute because I don't have to dose you. Do you not see any rise later from protein? Because protein can be stored as glucose after it's yeah, digested. You know what? Yeah, we actually, with him, have not. Um, he'll have He'll have just... You know, like one of his favorite lunches is actually just like salami and he's kind of getting away from cheese right now, but that was one of his favorite kind of lunches and he will stay pretty much 
like right at 110 or 108, you know. You know what I wonder? He has. Yeah. He's so active, isn't he? He is very active. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I, I mean, I, not to, that's also part of it. Yeah, not to ignore diabetes for 39 minutes and then come back to it now. But um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to decide, like, do you, do you, is he kind of like on a, I mean, he's using a pump, right? Using a pump. So he's, I don't know if I can say what pump he's using. Why would you not um, be able to say that? We just said slow. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I think, didn't we just like talk about like cutting a cow up into little pieces? You can talk about this. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. There you go. go ahead. Uh, yeah. So he's on the um, T-Slim. Okay. And, and we went with that just because of the age. The Omnipod wasn't out at the time. Or the Omnipod 5 wasn't out, obviously, at the time sure. where we wanted to have him have on that control IQ. Yeah. So what's and his, so what's his basal set at? His basal is point three. That's what so, I was thinking. He's he he's not using. And what's he weigh? He's almost sixty pounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's not yeah. using as much. I think he's not. His settings aren't as strong as I would expect them to be. I think it's probably because of all the activity. Yeah, and he is very active. So like he's always in a sport. So my daughter does gymnastics, and he does soccer, and he just finished basketball, and then. He'll go back into soccer. And then he's also that kid when he gets home from school, he's like, I need a snack. And then it's like, okay, has a snack. And then he's like, I'm going outside. Even when it's snowing and garbage out, he's like, mm. I'm going outside. And it's like, okay. I don't understand great. your so, people at all, honey. I have yeah. to be honest with you. I don't get all the action and the moving around and the yeah. adding extra things to your. So you get up in the morning, go to a job, and yep. then come home and work a farm. Yeah. And then yeah, and what, I mean, what don't you, you have to cook and eat and do all those things. You go to the bathroom at some point, I imagine. All the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're really busy. Yeah, I know. It's actually on the mornings where my husband is gone because he, you know, he's a fireman. So he'll work those 24 hour, 48 hour shifts. I have to get up, get the kids ready for school. So, you know, and, and of course these are the mornings where it's like, oh, the site went bad or his decks failed or it's like, are you kidding me? So got to deal with all of that and then get them fed, get them packed lunches, go outside, feed everybody because I can't leave for the day and not feed the cows and then go to work and do it. <laughs> what <laughs> do time do you get up work? in the morning? Um, You know what? I actually don't get up super duper early. Like I was up at five today, but five thirty. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say I don't get up early and then say five thirty. <laughs> Yes, I mean that's not that bad. Hey, you know what, Scott? There's people that wake up at four to work out, and I used to be one of those people. But I'm like, I I've given up on uh, that. Yeah, Let, let's what are you be trying, real. trying to live forever? Um, wait, yeah. So, um, w- what time do you go to bed? Last night I went to bed at like nine thirty. Right. I was tired okay. last night. Okay. Yeah. See, I mock my. I'm making fun of myself, but I shouldn't be. So, here, yeah. my, my life's on a different schedule than yours. Because yeah. at eight o'clock this morning, when my alarm went off, and I thought, oh, I've got to get a shower and and go make the podcast, I was like, uh, <laughs> it felt early to me. But I didn't go to yeah. bed. I didn't go to bed till like two o'clock in the morning. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah. So that would affect me all day. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. So yeah. you're you're sleeping from nine to five. You're getting more sleep yes. than I am. I am. It's good for you. <laughs> Two to eight. That's four. Also, I woke up very angry from a dream at three thirty. You ever get pissed oh, off at a dream? Oh, all the time. My husband's like, "What am I in trouble for now that I did in my dream?" I'm like, "Well, just wait. <laughs> I, I'll tell you later." <laughs> let me here. This is going to be really stupid. Wait till I tell you this. Okay. For three years from the time I was sixteen till I was nineteen, I was a volunteer fireman. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. And at the end, I decided I wasn't going to do it any longer, but I was still in the middle of deciding. And I, but I, I think I had made it fairly clear. And then one day I decided to like, there was a call and I, I I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and maybe I'll decide to keep doing this. And I got there and my gear had been pulled already and it pissed me off. And (laughs) I dreamt last night that that happened again. And I woke up incredibly angry. Oh, how bizarre. And, And that was like 29, 39, 40. It's like 33 years ago that happened. Interesting. Yeah, I dreamt about something that happened when I was 19, and I was just as pissed in the middle of the night last night as I was when it happened to me when I was 19. <laughs> well, maybe it's because you knew you were going to talk to a fire wife today. And, that can't be and... true because I don't read the notes first. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, like, like, when you came on and I was pulling all my stuff up, I thought, this is the lady that has the farm. And, yeah. and because of the bizarre way that I, I don't know, that I set the show up, like, I talked to you so long ago, like, you know, I mean, what did you book this? Like six months ago or something like that? Yeah. 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 So I'm like, I've been living for the last six months thinking eventually I'm going to turn my thing on one day and talk about farming with somebody. Yeah, that's right. And here you are. And now I am. Here I am today. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So here's a couple of things I've learned so far. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I do want a cow now that I've seen this thing. But I think think we should make that happen. It's just the specific (laughs) photo on Google, I think. Um, maybe yeah. I'll just get this picture and hang it up. That might be easier. And yeah. um, also, I blame Taylor Sheridan for making me feel oh, this yeah. way, too, because I think I, I've now watched Yellowstone 1883, and I'm caught up on, what's the other one, 1929? And 1923. Yeah, 23, is that what yes. it is? Yes. And so yeah. I'm, I'm caught up on that now. And um, and I was, I was, again, irritated when I got to the end of it. And I was like, wait, there's no more episodes? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I we feel the same way. I have a very well, it's a known thing, but I love Rip. I'm I love Rip. And mm-hmm. my husband has like almost he doesn't have a handlebar mustache, but he's got a very aggressive and impressive mustache right now. And I'm like, yeah, I was meant to live on a farm and and be married to a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I've other questions. First, let me say this. If you're enjoying all the Yellowstone TV shows, May I yeah. suggest a movie from 2016, Hell or High Water, which was actually okay. written and directed by the guy that made the Yellowstone. Oh, okay. And I, rem- I will have to go watch that. And I remembered liking it back then, and then I put two and two together eventually. Here's yeah. another thing. I've never, I've never been on a horse. Okay. And I yeah. feel badly about that. You should do that. I bet there is somebody close by to you that would offer you something like that, and Maybe your daughter would get a kick out of it too. Who knows? But uh, um, maybe no. Uh, so, um, I have a short checklist of things. It's yeah. the weirdest checklist of things that I've never done that I think I'd like to do that I'm yeah. fairly certain I'm never going to do. Well, I, is is riding a horse on there? My list so far is horse. This is so stupid. Own a cow. No, I own a cow. I, I've never had a <laughs> Add cup. Add that to the list. I've never had a <laughs> cup of coffee. What? Yes. Yeah, so I think I want to do that once. Yes, you I've need never, to do that. I've never smoked weed. Okay. And I've never, oh, sh- and I've never shot a gun. 
well, you should just come over. <laughs> <laughs> Could I handle all this in a day and a half at your place? <laughs> <laughs> We could get you on the back of a horse. You could pet a cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could drink copious amounts of coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could, we could, we could tick a lot of the things off of that list. I like that you skipped you. the weed, but you're in Washington, so whatever. I mean, no, I mean, we could, we could, we are in Washington, so that is clearly a thing that could happen very legally for you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, also, you've almost named the episode a number of times. You actually said, "I can't believe this." You actually said, "Bought the farm" at one point. Oh, <laughs> and you yes. said making hay. So there's all kinds okay. of euphemisms that have come out through your conversation so far. Uh, yeah. oh, by the way, I, I also want to say that uh, it's super interesting to me that a woman named Honey named her son Vinny. Oh, you know what it's from? Um, <laughs> there is no family ties or anything, but we actually, after we decided we were going to name him Vincent, realized that there was family ties, but that wasn't what influenced our name. It's from Entourage. Oh, um, I had my fingers crossed for Pulp Fiction, actually. Oh, I mean, that would have been a good one, too. But no, it was from Entourage. So I had knee surgery, and um, my husband and I binged the whole the whole everything of Entourage. And I was like, you know, if we have a boy, I want to name him Vincent. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I love it. And so that, that's what he ended up as. That's so. so interesting. I thought it was one of those situations like when, you know, you're real Republican and your kids turn out Democrat or vice versa. <laughs> Like, you're like, well, like some hippie named me, I'm going to go with something a little more traditional is what I think. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, and my mom, I mean, my mom, yes, I would say she was a hippie, but my name wasn't even from like that. It was, my mom's a hygienist and she was like, had a, a client in and she said, if I have a girl, I'm going to name her Honey because I love that name. I was going to be named a Petra, Petra, uh, because we're Norwegian, but I ended up Honey, which is much more suiting and definitely fits my personality yeah. so well, petra, i'm not a petra petra is tough i think you have to be like an instagram model with abs to be called petra <laughs> that's a that's a tough one you know what I mean? yeah. yeah there's a look there yes. you got to pull off you got to be like six feet tall and have yep. like i'm thinking blonde hair slicked back uh yep yeah and you and i think you yep. get to be a um I think you get to be the bad guy in an Eddie Murphy movie, if I'm remembering. Oh, that'd correctly. be fun. Or, yes. or no, Sylvester Stallone, maybe. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay, so the diabetes thing is not that big of a part of your day, huh? You know, well, it is a big part of our day. I mean, you know, I think about when we were first diagnosed and how overwhelming that feels. And then, you know, being, uh, you know, new to the, so not new because I had, I deal with kids at school, right, all day with diabetes or other life-threatening allergies or seizures, etc. And so I had a little bit of background, but didn't have enough. And so, you know, I think my biggest thing is finding those groups or those resources that are going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And, and like we say to Vinny every day, like, you know, you are not <laughs> defined by your diabetes. This does not define you. This is nothing, you know, to stop you in life. This is just maybe a little roadblock, but there is a rhyme and a reason as to why he was diagnosed. And, and, you know, we think about it every day, obviously, when he eats, we're thinking about it. And when he's having lows, or when we can tell he's, you know, going high, but for the most part, you know, we really try and keep our, our management really well rounded, and we try and stay on top of it as best as we can, especially while we're running a farm like this. I do think that the tools that he has to help, you know, like being on a T-Slim and 
having decks are wonderful, amazing things. And I, you know, we'd be lost without them. You know, when we were doing MDI, it was like, how do people do this? Like we need to get on a pump, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a beautiful part of MDI because his, his pump failed this summer. And so I was like, well, that sucks. My husband and my husband was of course gone. And I'm like, well, we can't let us stop us. So pack up the insulin and off we go. And you're going to have to, you know, go back to getting injections here for a little bit. And he handled it great as a five-year-old because he, you know, he just turned six. So this was in the summer as a five-year-old, he can do his own shots and he can handle it doing his own shots. He wants to be involved. And I think that just, you know, being proactive and, you know, saying, you have to help us. Like there are things that you have to help us with. And I know that you don't want to do this. And it, it is unfair that this happened to you, but you have to help us. He has realized, okay, I have to do it. Otherwise the consequences, you know, result in DKA or ending up back in the hospital or losing, you know, if this was long-term things, losing limbs or losing vision or, you know, things that you, you get scared about and worry about. And that's what makes me lose sleep at night sometimes. But then I'm like, I can't focus on all that. Otherwise I would drown in, in fear. Mm. And so we really try to not, not let that take over our life um, on a daily basis, you know, and yeah. he does great with it at school too. That was my biggest fear was sending a kindergartner to school, even though I work at the school, but and I'm right there. I'm like, but I'm still still worried freaked out inside. Yeah. Yeah. I, we worked so hard to get Arden onto Omnipod before she started school. Because yeah. I had that same, my, my thought back then was just like, I don't want like a stranger sticking my kid with a needle so many times. That is actually no. what, I, what I thought about. Yep. You know, it just occurs to me that you're managing having diabetes, you know, your son having diabetes. Like, it sounds like you just do it the way you do everything else. <laughs> And it, what and just it, full out like like well i mean what's the what's the other option really right i mean right, you know exactly. like seriously you wouldn't see it this way because it's your life but if you got caught into a situation where three or four or five hours a day was lost to like either woe is me or like you know confusion or you know whatever there are yeah. like legitimate live things that would not be okay because of that like it's almost exactly. like you can't i'm trying to figure out what i'm trying to say here it's almost like you can't afford not to do it this way. And because of that, this is the way you do it. It makes me wonder if I couldn't have just taken the dog out without complaining about it. (laughs) I mean, yes, you can. Yeah. And I, you know, what's interesting. And I will say this is when we were in the hospital that, and you know, diabetes has been around for how long and, and especially in the Northwest and whatnot. And the day that we were diagnosed, so a year and a half ago, I said something to the doc, like kind of like, well, are there, you know, because like, I I felt like I needed a counselor or somebody to talk to at that point. And then I was like, well, are there resources available for the kids expecting, you know, I work with a counselor every day in the school. So I have a counselor at my fingertips if somebody's having an issue, but are there counselors for some of these kids who maybe don't have like a stable home situation or they're going to have to navigate a lot of this by themselves, especially if they're in their teens or whatnot. And they had just started their program for kind of more on the mental health behavioral side of things or counseling like that week. And I was flabbergasted because I thought they're just, there's so many resources out there, but there still isn't enough 
sometimes it seems like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I rely heavily like on Facebook groups, like your Facebook group. There's some, like there's type one diabetic mom groups. There's, you know, tandem groups that are specific to tandem. I rely heavily on those groups to, you know, bring more knowledge to the table for us to use with Vincent because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all learning. We're yeah. all learning. We're all learning from each other. You know, right. I saw somebody yesterday in your group post about like, help me swag this. And it was, you know, like a yogurt and a string cheese and oh my God. cookie in it. Yeah. Did you see that? I, and I was like, holy moly, I'm, I'm well over a hundred carbs. Is my I, guess right I was now. over a hundred. Yeah, yeah. It was a, yeah. it was like a, it was a kid at a Valentine's party at school. Yes. And yes. there was so much stuff on that plate. And I thought yep. like, wow, like, I could not eat any of that, but okay. I Yeah, exactly. And so it was really actually heartening to me to watch it because so many people got close enough. Like there was, my right. best guess is there was about, I, I, this is going to sound crazy, there's about 110 carbs on this plate. Yep. And, yep. But people like in that group were there. They were between 80 and 105 and they were talking about like, well, that's so much insulin. So I would probably do like this much and then wait to see if there was a rise and put their, they all had like a plan around it and everything. And totally. And only, mm-hmm. it was really interesting because it got a ton of traffic and right. everyone was so very supportive about it. Like nobody was like, your kids shouldn't eat that. Cause I think we all know nobody should eat. There was like a cookie <laughs> and a donut and potato chips. And like, I was like, Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, one, it was one person who said I would not eat any of that. And it was an older person. And oh, I, yeah. and I removed their comment and sent them a note that said, we don't tell people how to eat here. And that, right. and that was the end of it. And so, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, hundred other people were like, oh, I would try. It was very supportive. Very interesting. It was very supportive. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. And I was like, that's like a perfect example of diabetes and how everybody will manage it differently. You know, like you said, there were people that said, well, would I dose half or would I give an extended bolus or would we see if they ate it all? For one, that would be my question. Would my kid eat all that? Was that was what I asked. Yeah. I was like, yeah. are you sure they're going to eat all that? And yeah. So. And, and then, you know, dose based off of that, my husband went to Vincent's Valentine's party yesterday because of that reason. I was like, there'll be treats and I'm at work and I can't, you know, leave to go over there and help, you know, dose and stuff. And I don't want to leave that in the hands of the teacher and then have him be 400 by the time he comes home. And so I think it's cool that there are so many tools and resources available out there. And I wish more people knew about that. I feel blessed because our endocrinologists, they're amazing. And they tell you, here's Facebook groups that you could follow. Here's, you know, helpful resources that you can go to. Here's a helpful group of moms or parents or whomever that you can talk with that, you know, may have a tip or trick. You know, when we first started with Dexcom, Vinny broke out in a rash every time. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, how are we going to do this? This poor little skin. And then it was someone I was scrolling through something and somebody said Flonase and I was like, ching, mm-hmm. done, take yeah. my money. And we haven't had skin issues since then. That's very cool. And so, you know, I think there's so many great resources and whatnot out there and, and, you know, tying back to our lifestyle, like you said, we don't have an option to not just kind of, this is the path mm-hmm. we're going and we're going to, you know. We're just going to do what we have to do, essentially. What, what made you want to come on the podcast? You know, I wanted to come on because I feel like, um, like in my 
realm of when he was diagnosed was like that people should know that they're not alone mm-hmm. because I felt very alone. And, you know, I don't know if you battled insurance. Well, I had to battle insurance yeah. um, in my first month. And, and I think I want people to know that, and, and this comes from also my nursing background. And my husband would probably say the same thing too, because he's a fireman and deals with people in some of their worst moments as well. But having somebody to advocate for you, or you are advocating for your child if they're a diabetic is beyond important, you know? And I know that most of us are those big mama bears and, and papa bears that are like, we're going to do whatever we need to do for our kid. But then there are some people I think that need that little nudge, like, no, it's okay. You can ask for things that you want or think that your child needs. And not take no for an answer. Yeah, you can fight back a little bit. It's uh, yeah, and and it, you know, it doesn't come naturally to everybody. No, honestly. and it doesn't. And yeah. I I would like you know I want to encourage people to think about that and and you know to to not let because like I said when I remember it in the hospital, people think this is going to stop your life. You know, like you said, you could spend three to four hours a day having a woe with me pity party. We could have done that. We could have said, we're going to sell the farm. We're going to sell all the cows. We're going to stop everything. Our focus is just going to be Vinny giving him the best life we can. And then it clicked like in that moment where I was like, well, doing what we're doing is going to give him the best life that we can. Mm -hmm. Not doing this and not building this farm up would probably be detrimental to him, you know, in the future. And so for us, it's really just about empowering people, knowing that you're not alone lean heavily on the, the the community that we have here because it's pretty incredible. Do you ever um, <clears throat> imagine that you'll be able to farm like full time? That's our goal. Yeah. We'd love to get there. You know, I do. I, I love my job and, you know, in, in Washington, I have to work so many hours to keep my license up. So I will probably always have something part time as far as a nurse goes, but we would love to see this be a full time, you know, operation. And right now we're good, you know, where we're at, we're, we're growing small and, but we're growing steadily and we love doing this and nice. we're doing this alongside our kids. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, even if it became nothing, I did it with my family. Yeah. And so that's the cool part. What's the name of the farm? So the name of our farm is called Delkenna Highlands. And that just is based off of the area that we live in, but it's D-A-L-K-E-N-A and then Highlands. So just like it sounds high and then lands and um that's based off of us being tucked up a little bit in a valley kind of up in the higher area and then delkenna is the area that we're um at in washington so okay. that's where we're from and so i can go name. i'm here i can buy like a pork chop or something and you, you'll send you it could to me? so we aren't sh- yeah so yeah when when we are shipping i will ship you some steaks scott but um we aren't shipping yet so right now we just deliver to like Local. inland northwest so yeah so we're on the border of idaho actually so we can touch on you know the idaho kind of western idaho um border and then my husband actually commutes and works south of seattle and so we can deliver all the way over to you know, we're inland to Pacific Northwest basically is okay. where our, our area is right now, but we're hoping to be shipping here soon and I'll send you some steaks. Ooh, cool. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, can I ask a silly question? Sure. Grass fed, grass finished. I understand fed. Yep. Yeah. I don't understand finished. So a lot of cows like your lovely yummy Costco 
um, cows. They are finished on grain. So they just, they basically, most cows spend their life out on pasture eating grass and that's how they grow and mature and get to their, their standard size. And then a lot of cows are brought into basically a barn or like a feedlot and then they're finished with grain. So that basically plumps them up at the end before butcher. So that can help with making them more tender. People think that has, has more flavor, but then there's my husband. This is his quote is think about it this way. You've eaten really healthy. Let's say you've done like a whole 30, your entire life. You've been super, super great. You're super lean. You're walking around, you're getting all the nutrients you need. And then somebody says, here's ice cream and you get to eat ice cream until (laughs) the end of your day. How do you think that would feel? And that's basically kind of what happens is you're lean, you're lean, mean machine until the end and where you get grain finished. Which fattens them up and then they, and people like the fat for flavor. Yep. Gotcha. Exactly. And so if you finish with grass, you get a leaner cut. You get a leaner cut. And like, so for Highlands, for instance, why we raise Highlands is they are, they've got all that long hairy coat on them. So they actually don't have to put on as much fat to keep them insulated. Um, But they still have great marbling and they still taste just as delicious. And they're not gamey like some of that grass fed protein can be. Mm -hmm. They're, They're really, I mean, they are quite delicious. And I think it's just your preference. You know, we, we hunt and we fish and we do all this stuff too. And so, you know, you think about like a deer or an elk, you're like, well, they're not getting finished with any grain. And so we haven't known really any different. And so that's why we chose to go grass fed, grass finished. It's cheaper too. If I don't have to buy grain, um, yeah. it saves me in the long run. Sure. Okay. I just, you know, I, the word finished, I was just like finished. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. 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 yeah so they the the last day that they spend here before they're loaded up into a trailer, they are still on grass. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> um, did I not ask you anything I should have? No, I think you asked everything. Yeah, I think we're good. And then I have a pug barking. Sorry about that. You, why do you have a but dog? Yeah. What in the f- is wrong with you, honey? Why do you have a dog? Yeah. I have three. I have two laps. Go pet a, pug. a cow or something. What are you doing? That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, no, I have. I have two Labradors and a pug, so they, you know, that keeps me busy too. It's just one more thing. <laughs> You're making me laugh. <laughs> um, I, can I ask a question? I can't believe I have a question about chickens, but I actually do. Yeah. I don't understand that there's an animal that, like, I guess free range, if you didn't own those chickens, there'd be a way they'd live and they'd lay eggs. But when you yes. bring them into a coop, like stuff happens, right? Like they, they can yeah. go crazy. Don't the moms go crazy after they lay the eggs and you have to separate them or what am I not? What oh, I- oh no. So, no? um, so we have actually, our coop is built on an old hay wagon. And if you go on like our social media or our website, you'll see a picture of it. And that coop, we built it that way so that it could move behind the cows, you know, part of that regenerative agriculture. So they pick the poop and, right. you know, eat the worms and all of that. But they have nesting boxes along the side of it. And so they go in and they lay their eggs and, and then they go back to, you know, pecking and scratching in the grass and in the pasture and, and acting as a chicken should. And then they come back in the coop at night to roost. But if there is a mom that is what the term is broody, so she wants to sit on those eggs and hatch those, Mm -hmm. those moms, we just, we still take their eggs every day. And because we're a licensed egg dealer in Washington, 
we candle our eggs. So that means we look at them with a flashlight every day and make sure that there isn't a baby chicken there that we're selling to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that somebody sat on an egg too long and we missed it or something. So we candle all of our eggs and we've had chicks naturally born here, but usually those moms go and hide their eggs somewhere. They don't do it in the coop. They'll go. We last year, in fact, we found four chicks and a mom in the field, just randomly, like she had hatched her chick, her chick in a long pile of grass close to the coop so she could go get food and stuff, but would come back to her little clutch of eggs every day and just sit there. And then she hatched out four little chicks and it was beautiful. You think she was (laughs) going to make a break for it? You think she had like a whole plan, like in a Disney movie? Oh yeah. It's a legit thing. Their animal instinct is very, very real. It's like, I'm going to hatch these eggs and we're going to get the hell out of here. That's right. And she did. And it was it was great. It was cool. It's really kind of wonderful. Stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. It really is. Yeah. Uh I'm looking I'm looking at your Instagram. It's uh yeah. Dalkena Highlands at Dalkena. It's D A L K E N A H I G H L A N D S. Yes. So people want to see pictures. Oh look, there you are. The internet's the internet's amazing. I can see you. Yeah. Don't you love that? Yeah. Also, I don't know. You played down his mustache a little bit. It's pretty impressive. I told I told you it's <laughs> impressive and it's aggressive. It's 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 a good stash. I I love the stash. I have there's this weird thing that I have for Rip and and I'm like, well, if I can't have the real thing, I'll get this one. I'll have my own version. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not that's not his real hair color. He dyes it for the show. <laughs> I know. I know. Which I mean, yeah, he's basically, he's a redhead, I think. What do you like about him? That he's quiet? You know, I don't know. I think I just like that, you know, he's just like a manly man. Like, he just is, he's just fierce. If there's like one word that I'd be like about Rip, that's it. Yeah, he would not bitch about taking the dog out. (laughs) I would, listen, I've said it before, I'm not embarrassed. I love complaining. I feel like it's yeah. a sport. <laughs> sometimes it feels good to complain. I'll call my mom and do that sometimes where I'm like, can I just complain? For In a fairness, I'm not even upset. I just love the complaining part. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, this is really cool. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I do have one last fun. question, but I don't know if it's going to make people sure. sad or not. I mean, sure, what's it. it like to raise an animal to butcher it? Is it hard? It is hard. Yeah, there's there's moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. And our 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 basically our way of thought, our train of thought is that we give them a really really an amazing life here. You know, they're they're on pasture, they're getting grass, they're getting all the things that they need, and they have one bad day. And so that's how we look at it. And you know, I think if I didn't have that connection to my animals, I feel like I should be out of the business. You know, because it isn't easy yeah. and I'm not heartless. You know, there's a lot of time and effort and energy that goes into each and every animal. So it's just a matter of, you know, yeah. knowing at the end of the day, though, that I'm not just providing for my family. I'm providing for other families as well. And we gave that animal the best life that, that right. it deserved, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I to be clear, like, I don't have a problem with it. I just, I, yeah. it just it's, it's, I mean, I'm looking at them like they're kind of adorable. And yeah. then, and then. 
I mean, you have to have some sort of connection with them. You're seeing them constantly. They're seeing you. They must recognize you at some point. And, you know, like they do all that goes yeah. along with that. And yep. I don't know, I just figured that personally it might be hard. It It is hard. There is no doubt about it. It's hard. And yeah, I guess I just try not to like let that sway me. You know, I'm like, yes, they're adorable and cute. And I try and remind people of this too. I'm like, they're adorable and cute, but then they're adorable and cute and they end up being 2000 pounds and they have horns and they are an animal. <laughs> and so you have to remember that. I mean, I'm like, dogs are adorable and cute until you remember that they're an animal and they have animal instincts. I mean, I would trust my labs with anybody, but they're still animals, Yeah, you know? No, no, so I mean, listen, I don't want, I mean, there are a lot of people on this planet. I don't, I certainly don't know how to feed them without without right animal meat so right anyway this is like yeah. really cool i i thought yeah. this was terrific i appreciate you doing this very much no thank you i i love it and and when we're shipping steaks i'll ship you a steak oh see i really do appreciate that i will smoke your steak just so you know oh i love it and Good. then i will okay. um i will slice it down and then mm -hmm. I, I will pick at it for days good like just call, <laughs> is that weird like i but i basically what i first of all i can't believe i'm saying this at least around here costco is the best steak i can find like i i believe that yeah, though it, yeah it's it just without going to a butcher like you can't get a re the steaks in grocery stores around here are terrible i don't even know if people realize it or not i don't know why i couldn't begin to tell you why but anyway yeah. i go to costco i don't do prime i do choice so i get a little fattier like right yep. and then i i like to do a um mm, i smoke them just a little like salt pepper you know like smoke them up and then i slice them down with after they're cold and i just pick oh, them yeah. oh that sounds delicious that's kind of how i go through I mean, my my week in the afternoon i yeah. just do a little steak so yeah that sounds delicious to yeah. me i'm in <laughs> yeah and people are like isn't that expensive i was like i don't know what you're talking about like i eat all week for 40 dollars. so i was like i yeah. you know i don't know what you're spending to stay alive for a week. I really do. I, it's so bizarre how I eat. Anyway, thank you. Hold on one second for me, okay? Yeah. Okay. I love talking to Honey. I hope you enjoyed listening. You can check her farm out. I'll give you the link in a second. But first, let's thank Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box omnipod has been supporting this podcast with ads for nine years go say thank you at omnipod.com forward slash juice box and you know who else had our back today drink ag1.com forward slash juice box they supported the show with their ads and we get honey story in return go check out my links omnipod.com forward slash juice box drink ag1.com forward slash juice box links in the show notes links juiceboxpodcast.com and i have honey's farm here for you hold on a second here it is i'm gonna spell it d-a-l-k-e-n-a-h-i-g-h-l-a-n-d-s.com dalkin dalkina dalkina Dalkina, right? Dalkina. Definitely Dalkina. D A. Yep, I got it. Hmm. Did you enjoy hearing me say Dalkina 15 times in a row? You didn't? Too bad. I'm not editing it out. DalkinaHighlands.com. Really cool. Uh, this little video, it tells you a little bit about their life and pictures of adorable cows that I think people eat. 
but you don't know how adorable they are when you're eating them. They just taste delicious at that point. Uh, go check them out, would you please? Uh, what a great little family and uh, a wonderful farm. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, the Bold Beginnings series from the Juicebox podcast is a terrific place to begin listening. In this series, Jenny Smith and I will go over the questions most often asked at the beginning of type 1. Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist who is also a registered and licensed dietitian, and Jenny has had type 1 diabetes for 35 years. My name is Scott Benner, and I am the father of a child who has type 1 diabetes. Our daughter Arden was diagnosed in 2006 at the age of 2. I believe that at the core of diabetes management, understanding how insulin works and how food and other variables impact your system is of the utmost importance. The Bold Beginning series will lead you down the path of understanding. The series is made up of 24 episodes, and it begins at episode 698 in your podcast or audio player. I'll list those episodes at the end of this. To listen, you can go to juiceboxpodcast.com, go up to the menu at the top, and choose Bold Beginnings, or go into any audio app, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and then find the episodes that correspond with the series. Those lists, again, are at Juicebox Podcast up in the menu, or if you're in the private Facebook group, in the Featured tab. The private Facebook group has over 40,000 members. There are conversations happening right now and 24 hours a day that you would be incredibly interested in. So don't wait. So don't wait. Check out the Bold Beginnings series today and get started on your journey. Episode 698 defines the Bold Beginnings series. 702, honeymooning. 706, adult diagnosis. 711 and 712 go over diabetes terminologies. In episode 715, we talk about fear of insulin. In 719, the 1515 rule. Episode 723, long-acting insulin. 727, target range, 731, food choices, 735, pre-bolus, 739, carbs, 743, stacking, 747, flexibility. In episode 751, we discuss school. In episode 755, exercise. 759, guilt, fears, hope, and expectations. In episode 763 of the Bold Beginning series, we talk about community. 772, journaling. 776, technology and medical supplies. Episode 780, treating low blood glucose. Episode 784, dealing with insurance. 788, talking to your family. And episode 805, illness and ketone management. Check it out. It will change your life.